This is Professional Life Crisis. I'm your host, Amanda. And by now, I'm a damn near professional at having a life crisis. This podcast is here to help you get through those messy, uncertain times riddled with ramen noodles and self-doubt. If you're an ambitious, curious young professional trying to pave your way in the world, it's not as scary as I once thought it was, but I really wish I'd had someone to tell me that. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Professional Life Crisis. Today, we're going to be talking all about procrastination. What does it mean to procrastinate at work? Why do we procrastinate? And some of my advice as someone who I would consider to be a professional procrastinator. Have you ever gotten an email or a document with some work task or assignment that you had to do and you procrastinated even reading it? because you knew it was something that you didn't want to do. And then one week later, one day before the deadline, you open the doc to realize, I don't even have access to it. And now I have to request access and they'll know I haven't looked at it since the day they sent it. Literally horrifying. Yeah, I have been there and we're going to talk all about some strategies for how you can avoid this. Keep on listening. So what is procrastination? As young professionals, I think we all probably know what procrastination is. But in case this is new to you, and wow, you must be a saint if procrastination is new to you. The online definition of procrastination is the act of delaying or postponing tasks, particularly those that require immediate attention or completion. It involves the voluntary delay of an intended action despite knowing that it may lead to negative consequences. Procrastination is a common human behavior, and it can manifest in many aspects of your life, including work tasks. So why do we procrastinate? This is a list of seven common reasons that people procrastinate. Pay careful attention. Number one, task aversion. Procrastination often occurs when someone finds a task unpleasant, boring, or challenging. Even just the anticipation of experiencing any amount of discomfort or difficulty can lead us to this form of avoidance behavior. I feel like that's so relatable. Oftentimes, you procrastinate a task because you think it's going to be so difficult or so annoying, and just the thought of putting yourself in the position or the mindset to complete that task is utterly overwhelming. Number two, a lack of intrinsic or extrinsic motivation can result in procrastination. If a task is not perceived as personally meaningful or rewarding, you may struggle to find the drive to start or finish it. Now, I would argue that lack of motivation is probably the least relevant one on this list, because if you're like me, I don't think any of you are hurting for motivation. There's a whole lot of other factors that influence whether or not I'm willing to do a task and when, and being motivated is certainly not number one. I trust that it's not for you either. Number three, perfectionism. Some people procrastinate due to a fear of not meeting their own high standards, their own standards. And this desire for perfection can be utterly paralyzing making it difficult to initiate or complete tasks. This one is huge for me. 
I feel like my perfectionism often gets in the way of me actually starting something because I'm judging myself for it before I even start. I felt that way when I started this podcast. Like if I didn't have all my ducks in a row and my episodes didn't sound completely professional from the very beginning, that it wasn't worth starting. But I think so much of getting better is learning by doing. And I know that can be a really hard thing for perfectionists because they want to be good at everything straight away. I mean, I'm the same way. But realistically, you can't be good at everything the first time you try it. So try to put this self-judgment behind you the next time that you realize you're delaying working on a project or starting something new because you're so busy judging yourself and holding yourself to some ridiculous standard that no one externally will hold you to. Number four, poor time management. Inefficient use of time can contribute to procrastination. When individuals don't have a clear plan or prioritize tasks effectively, they may feel overwhelmed and delay even getting started. For us type A people, I don't think it's the lack of having a clear plan. I think often there is a plan and there are a million tasks on your to-do list every single day. There's a million projects going on at work that you have your hands in. And it's more so about prioritizing those tasks than it is not having a plan or not having the time management skills to execute them. But it's really about ruthless prioritization. What is actually going to move the needle with what you're working on and what's not? Rearrange that list so that you can focus on the higher priority tasks and feel like you're checking off important things that are going to move your company forward. Rather than spending so much of your time on busy tasks and repetitive things like checking email. Number five. This is also one of my favorites because I have a background in decision science. Number five is decision procrastination. Sometimes people procrastinate because they're unable to make a decision, and the fear of making the wrong choice can lead to a delay in taking any sort of action. There are so many theories that back this up, and decision-making is a really emotional part of being a human. And often in a world, in a workplace, in a business, with endless possibilities and endless options, it makes it that much harder to pick one because you feel like there are so many options, you have to maximize and pick the absolute number one choice. When in reality, having a bias toward taking action rather than vetting every single option will actually move you more forward in the long term than making the perfect decision about one thing. Over time, I would bet that making 20 or 30 good decisions will move you forward than taking the time to make one optimal decision with the one perfect solution. You get too stuck, you get too hung up, you use too much of your mental energy to make that one choice, that it holds back all the rest of the important decisions that you need to make to move things forward. Decision fatigue is real. That's why some successful people wear the same thing every day, eat the same thing for lunch. You know, it takes things off of their mental load. So focus on making good decisions and moving forward, not making the perfect one every single time. Number six, temporal discounting. This refers to the tendency to devalue future rewards or consequences as compared to immediate ones. When the rewards of completing a task seem too distant or the consequences of procrastination are not immediately apparent, individuals may be more likely to postpone the task. 
The classic example that you always learn about in school with temporal discounting is going to the gym. Why don't people go to the gym in the moment, the morning when they wake up, when they know that over time, going to the gym will help them lose weight and be healthier? Why? Because they devalue that future reward as compared to the immediate reward of continuing to sleep and hitting the snooze button. So it's the same thing when you're thinking about starting a task. Starting a task has an opportunity cost where you're giving up something else in order to do that task. So maybe having a longer lunch break or catching a half an hour of TV in the middle of the day right now feels better than making progress on that 20-page report that you need to have done by the end of the week because the reward for finishing the presentation is not as immediate as, you know, getting your dopamine hit from watching Love is Blind on Netflix, you know? And the last one, task ambiguity. If a task isn't well-defined or you're not clear about the steps required to complete it, obviously you may procrastinate due to a lack of clarity. I think this one is a pretty easy one to solve for. Process the information that you've been given and ask questions right away. Now we've talked a bit about why people procrastinate at work. I'm going to share some of the tips that I have learned work for me to avoid procrastinating. And I mean, let's get real. I'm not a perfect person. I'm not saying that I don't procrastinate at all because procrastinating just feels so damn good. But I do think I've gotten better at procrastinating over time and I do it less frequently now than I used to. Okay, the first step that you're going to do. Too often when I get an email or a task assigned to me, I just like panic and think, I don't have time to look at that now, so I'll just put it off. But in the future, when you get an assignment, instead of sending it to the email abyss, open the email or the Slack message or the Google Doc immediately. Request access Google Doc immediately. And here is a key beautiful piece of advice. Request access to the doc. You're not going to get caught next week opening it for the first time and just requesting access. You're welcome. Also, this is an easy task you can do to look good. You don't even have to do anything, but you sure as hell are going to request access to the doc. And extra points if you do this at like, you know, 4 p.m. on a Friday. Just getting so much work done before the weekend. Okay, then all you need to do is glance over the document and loosely assess the assignment in your head. Loosely, okay? Don't freak out. Just think to yourself, all right, approximately how big of a project is this? Is it going to take me a long time? Do I think there's anybody whose help or input that I'm going to need for this? Write down a couple of bullet points or just sort of take mental note in your head. That way you're not overhyping a project in your head, just adding to that doom and gloom every time you think about starting the project. You have a sense for what kind of a beast it is. Is it a small one or is it a big one? Okay, The next piece of advice has basically become one of my slogans, and that is do the bad version first. Do the bad version first. We put too much pressure on ourselves to do things perfectly, okay? Hi, perfectionists. I am looking at you. So I always say when I have a daunting task to do, like, all right, this afternoon, I'm just going to do the really shitty version of these slides, like literally just a couple of black bullet points on white slides on Google Slides. And I say to myself, 
It's okay to only get the shitty version done today. It's going to make less work for me tomorrow. So when you come back tomorrow, it's that much easier because you actually already started getting your thoughts down on paper. And I think we don't give ourselves enough credit because I've done this exercise so many times. Now, this is this is basically how I operate every single day at work. You don't give yourself enough credit for the shitty version that you wrote. Oftentimes, I reread what I wrote and I'm like, yeah, this is actually pretty on point. Now, I need to flesh things out. I need to bring in data. I need to format it. I need to bring in some graphs. But the information is there. It's like a little gift that I gave to myself in the past. So this is a gift you can give yourself too. And my last piece of advice, if you struggle with the blank page problem, which if you're not familiar with what I mean by the blank page problem, it refers to the difficulty that people have when they're starting a new project or a creative task. The blank page symbolizes the beginning, representing that initial, like very intimidating stage of creating something from scratch. So if you're one of these people where staring at a blank page just sends your anxiety through the roof, then I implore you to use ChatGPT to help you get through the first rough version. Now, I'm not advocating for what you take GPT to say as gospel, but it certainly helps you to get your rough first version. GPT can help you get to the 40, 50, 60% mark with like the click of a button and maybe two or three minutes as compared to the days and days on end that you're procrastinating this task because the blank page problem has been too overwhelming to even start. So I hope you've learned a thing or two about procrastination, about yourself, and maybe some of the reasons why you're leaning on procrastination as a crutch. And I implore you to try some of the strategies that I recommended in this episode. Seriously, it's taken so much of the pressure and the weight off my shoulders. I think I've just gotten better at turning around work more rapidly because of this way that I operate. And I really hope that it might help you do the same thing. So thanks so much for listening to this episode about procrastination. If you know a serial procrastinator, and you don't have to admit that that's you, but if you know a serial procrastinator, I highly encourage you to share this episode with them. And if you enjoyed this chit chat about procrastination, please give it a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe to my Substack, where we have podcast episode recaps, polls, other ways to comment and engage with me, and more coming soon. See you next time.